This week on Dueling Review, it's Superman 78, number one, from DC Comics. Superman 78 tells a brand new adventure in the world of the beloved film. A bright, shining day in Metropolis is interrupted by a mysterious drone that crash lands in the city and starts wrecking havoc. This looks like a job for Superman. But where did the metallic menace come from? What is its purpose? And who is Brainiac? Hey everyone, it is 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, and we are recording the Dueling Review live in our Discord. And dear listeners, you can be part of this live recording every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Central when you connect your Patreon account to our Discord server. There's a link to the Discord server there, and you can go in and just join for free. But if you want to come and listen to us chat about all things going on in the world, scary movies that we've seen, uh, the excitement about uh, watching Green Knight this weekend and home theater setups and all those kinds of things, you definitely want to come and hang out with us live uh, and hang out with our listeners. Many are here in the chat tonight. We've got uh, someone random and Balooey and J. Michael T. and Jimbo Fett, Texura, and a whole lot more coming in and hanging out with us. And we want you to come and hang out with us as well. So go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers, connect your Patreon account to the discord. And then Thursday night, eight o'clock PM central time. That's the important part. You can come and listen to our shenanigans, the shenanigans this week, shenanigans, Superman 78, number one. Uh, this yeah. is, this is uh, one of the new initiatives that DC is doing where they're taking uh, their their big properties: Batman sixty six, Batman eighty nine, Superman seventy eight. Uh, there's Wonder one Woman more, 77. yeah, Wonder Woman seventy seven, and they're creating these mini series that are set in that universe, uh, and they go from there. Although it's not clear to me in in, in Superman seventy eight number one, mm-hmm. which we're taking a look at this week, mm-hmm. I'm not really clear on where this is set or the time period that it is set, for a couple of reasons. Number one. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Clark Kent still doing his Clark Kent bumbling around uh, reporter shtick. Right. But at the end of the issue, it's like next week, enter Inter- Lex Luthor. And I'm like, hmm, either he's in jail and he's going to escape or this takes place after the events of Superman 2. And if this is the Richard Donner universe, is this the Richard mm-hmm. Donner cut or is this the Superman <laughs> 1 movie and the Superman 2 movie, which was while technically directed and edited by Richard Donner, the studio went in and hired somebody else to go in and reshoot and re-edit everything and keep it as two separate movies. So I'm very confused as to where this story takes place. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this is a Silver Age uh, uh, Superman story because, man, this is is Silver Age uh, Brainiac with the the computery head robot that's running around. Oh man, it, it looks so good. Bronze Age, Silver Age. Bronze it age. makes no difference. This is the one that it, it, I think older people are going to recognize right away when they think of of Brainiac and Bald Brainiac uh, running yeah. around. This What'd is you, the what did you think of Kane Brainiac redesign from 1984? Yeah. Um with the with the robot head and the things. I I enjoyed it. I feel like I wanted more 1978, honestly. I mean, there's an opening sequence uh, with Clark and Lois on the street, and I wanted to see more leisure suits and, and hot pants because, you know, it it's done well, and you look at Clark and you're like, okay, that suit is definitely from 19, you know, the mid-1970s. But I feel like when I read Batman 66, they really leaned heavily into a 60s aesthetic. And this, and probably, you know, entirely intentionally, doesn't lean as hard into a, hey, you know, the PGs are huge right now kind of thing. 
it's more of a kind of a generic sort of modern pre-cell phone story, which is fine. You know, again, I'm sure that they're doing this on purpose, but for my money, I really wanted to see, because I feel like that first Superman movie, even though it has, it's very much dated as a, you know, a late seventies joint that has just such a great aesthetic to it. It has a feel where you're just like, these people are wearing bell bottoms and, and pleated pants and afros. And you're just like, yes, we love you. This looks great. It feels like another universe. So I, you know, visually, I thought it was interesting how well they managed to catch the face of Christopher Reeve. And I feel like they did pretty well with uh, Margot Kidder, Lois Lane. But there were also times where I was like, does this brainiac to me feel like it goes aesthetically with the visuals of that 40 year old movie yeah too. i i found the likenesses very hit or miss yeah. and, it, and it could I just mean, be likeness rights issues that could could get wrapped up because i didn't think lois lane looked like margot kidder uh the christopher reeve kind of looked like that but not really depending uh, perry, on the angle of his face yeah, yeah. Per, perry white certainly looked like um uh jackie coogan jackie jackie uh, <laughs> Yes, Cooper, but Jimmy Olsen looked nothing like Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen not only doesn't look like Doug McClure, he's like a full head shorter. Yeah. Uh, because Doug is nearly the same height in the movie as Superman, but I don't know. I, you know, there there are definitely moments in here where uh, the flying with the fist forward, that's just a mm -hmm. pure Christopher Reeve. Yeah, that's just taking you know, it I, off the poster kind of thing, yeah. Oh, sure. But I mean, it's also one of those things where you go through this. There are a lot of sequences with characters looking at the screen. And I'm like, mm -hmm. is, is the artist throwing in his friends and family? Yes, I, I think that I think that may have. I tried to, to I mean, because the likenesses are 100 percent, it's very hard to say, oh, are they trying to put a cameo of somebody in here that we're supposed to recognize? Or right, as you so. said, is this is this someone's uh, likeness or these people that were important at DC comics back in 1978. It, it is very hard to tell and it is very awkward and weird. But then again, when you watch the Richard Donner movie or the Richard Donner cut, uh, depending on which right. version that you prefer, there is some really dopey stuff like that. Like when, um, Brainiac, the robot, the drone shows up and you cut mm -hmm. to the guy at the hot dog stand and he's just squirting his mustard all over the other guy. That kind of feels like right out of uh, Superman two when Zod and the rest are showing up on, on uh, Times Square and you've got people just going, Whoa, you know, like uh, Italian Spider-Man reaction. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I, the art was just very weird for me and I'm not sure. I mean, it's fine. It works. Yeah. I really like uh Brainiac drone. I really like the look of Brainiac. But then when you get a look at, uh, you know, like, a, um, Jor-El, or you get a look at, at Cooper, or you get a look at some of these others. And it's like, I, I kind of see it, but I really don't at the same time. So for the art side, I'm kind of 50, 50 on that. Yeah. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I feel like it's okay. As I said, I, I really wanted to see more of the aesthetic and it feels like a very modern comic it doesn't feel like it's trying to oh no no i don't be think it's a richard to. donner you know if you're if you're going to say donner verse whatever it is it doesn't feel like it's trying to emulate the visuals of the richard donner story except in as much as you know that's clearly a caricature of marlon brando yeah and i and i know? don't think that they're trying to replicate the look of a comic book from that same period either 
I think oh, they're God, just no. I think they're just straight up trying to tell a story set in that universe. And now <laughs> we ask that question. Come with us as we ask, what if the movie's franchise had continued in a positive way and we got to see Brainiac Five? Okay, first uh, or of just all, Brainiac Marvel. No, I'm just DC saying, but that's kind of what, that's kind of what come with us as we ask else worlds. That's, but that's kind of what this feels like, right? It kind of feels like, yeah. Hey, had Richard Donner's vision been able to continue and we didn't get, uh, the quest for peace or we didn't get a uh, Richard Pryor and we didn't get those other things. What would have happened if we could have actually done that version of Brainiac with robot Brainiac drones? How would that have come across in a movie? And I think that that part is kind of fascinating. Uh, and that's why I asked early on, where, where is this set? Is this set between two and three? Is it set between one and right. two? Uh, you know, it has Superman ripped off his, his, uh, chest plate and thrown it at people and it had the cellophane wrap them up. If so, why cellophane didn't he do that? Ass, with the, bitch. Why didn't he do that, that with the robot here? So right. I don't know. I have a lot of questions in that, which brings me to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is. It, 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 it's fine. Yes. I would say that it is a fine story because a lot of it is bumbling Clark Kent, uh, trying to get to work and hot dog stand with Lois for a couple of pages and then getting right. chewed out by, by Perry white saying, come on, you've got to, you've got to go find an angle. You have to get out there and be a, a hard nosed reporter instead of doing all of these fluff pieces. And then a couple of pages of let's beat up a robot. And really, I think it's only like three or four pages of beat up a robot and then the end uh, with the implication that Brainiac is headed to Earth. Yeah. it. You know what it felt like to me when um, DC does the digital first book yeah. for a buck 99 where it's half yeah. an issue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to the end of this and I felt like this was, you know, well, this is half an issue. That is where my second big complaint or my maybe my biggest complaint about this issue is. Uh-huh. This is a three ninety nine book. Yeah, there are exactly twenty pages of story, not twenty two pages, not twenty four pages, not twenty eight pages, not a supersized <laughs> forty pages, but no. twenty pages worth of content. And there are not a whole lot of panels on the page, so that you can get these likenesses of characters to show up, and you can get the action on the page. It is a very short issue, and I kind of feel short changed because of the page count. And I know if you go onto comiXology, it says, but Steven, it says that there's 26 pages here. Yeah. Two of those pages are, I'm sorry, four of those pages are ads. One of those pages is a cover. Another one is like an inside milk cover kind of thing. Um, it is exactly 20 pages of story. And I feel very shortchanged on, on that as far as this goes, because this could have had a lot more, but it didn't. Right. The only thing that I'm interested about uh, in this particular plot is at the end of the opening sequence with Marlon Brando, he's like, wait, something's wrong. And then we see what's clearly a Brainiac. And I'm like, did Brainiac just bottle Kal-El or Zora or Jor-El and Lara? Well, I mean, that's kind of the implication, right? I mean, um, right. And I'm like, when we, that might be interesting. I mean, if that is the bottled city of Candor is essentially where uh, Jor-El and everyone is located, that's fine. That is very much, and this is the other part that I think is kind of interesting because when did Brainiac start bottling cities and start doing these things? Since the very beginning? Yeah, 1961. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they would include that story, and certainly that was a big key point in the uh, Superman uh, animated series where Brainiac basically is like, yes, I'm going to... uh, 
destroy Krypton. I'm going to escape. I'm going to be an AI and I'm going to keep a little bit with me and I'm going to try to gather all the intelligence in the universe by gathering all of these different cities and worlds before I destroy them kind of thing. And so it, it really wasn't a surprise to see potentially Jor-El and Laurel uh, survive the, the detonation <laughs> of Krypton. Laura Lorvan. Yeah. Laurel. It de- well, it depends on which naming convention. In her very first appearance, she was just Laura. Yeah, Kryptonian uh, female names are just a nightmare. It's not even worth going into it. It, it fills me with rage. I had a discussion once with Mark Wade about that, and it made him angry too. Okay. Uh, so Sorry, bottom just, line. I, so bottom line for me. Bottom line for me. Mm-hmm. As interesting and as excited as everyone who's listening to the show and went and voted for this is, and this was overwhelmingly a landslide to have us review Superman seventy eight. I, I got to give it a pass because it was just okay. And I don't think that it was as good as people hoped. I think it's fine. You know, it's, it's just average. It is like the most milk toast average comic that I have read in a long Mm -hmm. time. But I have to say pass because when you look at the actual story page count versus the cover price, it's really not worth it. So for me, this is a pass, even though I enjoyed it for what it was, it's just not worth it for, for most readers. For me, it is a cautious, uh, limited endorsement. I would say that this is a book that I would recommend to you uh, on a couple of levels. First of all, somebody in the chat at our Discord, by the way, if, you, if you're listening right now, you could be listening to the show live on Thursday nights with Stephen and I and all the cool people. But somebody in the chat was like, I love these old comic books. And I'm like, that's not old, dude. But... The comic books of 2021 and the comic books of 1977 aren't the same thing, but this book kind of bridges the gap a little bit. You know, if you are a fan of the Donnerverse, I feel like this is going to be a story that still appeals to you. If you're a fan of modern Superman or a fan of classic Superman, I think there's a lot to, you know, recommend here, but I will say that you are correct. It doesn't feel like a continuation or, you know, it doesn't feel like the same sort of continuation or expansion that the Batman 66 books went, you know, when yeah. he met Green Hornet and the monkeys. Uh-huh. And, and obviously like this but, one, this is one where people are, DC is legitimately trying to capitalize on the, the movie, not, not anyone's oh, love of Superman, not anyone's love of Christopher Reeve, simply people who are into the first and maybe second Superman movies. That's who this aim well, is aimed at. And so that's a, and that's a shrinking audience to be honest with you. But Donner just passed away. And I feel like, you know, there's interest in this film and I will say it again. There are a few perfect superhero films out there and Superman 78 is one of them. Superman 78 and dark man. And you're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to tell you meteor man. These are classic, perfect superhero movies. And I feel like if you want something that kind of emulates that, then this would not be a bad book for you. I do agree with you. There's not a lot to be had in this first issue. And I feel like, honestly, for my money, as much as I hate to say it, the old uh, wait for the trade is probably going to be an interesting way to absorb this story. So 
I feel like I want to read it, you know, six issues, 120 pages altogether. That's going to be a nice, tight little trade. And, you know, I think it'll give them a chance to do something cinematic, movie-ish that we may not be able to see, you know, a chapter at a time. So cautiously speaking, I would say it's not a rush right out in a buying frenzy unless you're a Superman, uh, you know, geek. If you're somebody who's really, really into Superman and or Brainiac, I would say you may want to pick this up. But thematically, it doesn't hurt any feelings. It doesn't have, you know, weird moments with the exception of one sequence where Superman's uh, lower torso trunk area looks really weirdly bulbous. There aren't any moments that I kind of look at it and say, oh, well, that kind of fell apart. The storytelling is clean. The story itself is relatively simple. So, yeah, I would I would say that I'm more positive than you a little bit. Yeah, probably. And I guarantee you if uh, issue number two where they, they tease you Lex Luthor and Ned Beatty, Beatty doesn't show up in it, then you're just definitely going to have to take a hands-off approach there, and go away from it. There is an Otis reference in this issue. Otis is coming. Otis will be here. Everybody loves Otis. Where was the reference? Because I didn't see that. When Clark is transforming behind him on the wall, there's a big uh, graffito that says, Lo or it says Otisburg oh, as okay. he's running down the alley. Okay. Yeah. This and I'm is like, yep, that's an Otis shout out. Now, the other thing is that this is a digital. This is a digital first story, Matthew. So people can go and read oh. ahead. Um, it is? Yeah. And oh. so the Superman 78 hardcover, which quote unquote collects the first 12 chapters of the Superman 78 digital comic series, or the first six issues of the Superman 78 series, uh, arrives according to Amazon July of 2022. So there you go. Okay. Oh, next, we, next. As I mentioned, yeah, this upcoming summer, uh, as I mentioned, we landed here because of the overwhelming votes from our listeners, uh, just like you. Yes, that's right. You can smile and say, Stephen mentioned me. He said it was it was because of me that we got Superman. We should, this week. we should do like and romper you room. Also exactly right, dear listener. Uh, and true. so uh, here's what you need to do. You need to go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers, and you will find a link for doing review for September 1st of 2021. You're going to look at the list of comics, and then you're going to use the comment section over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And you're going to use the comment section and let us know what one comic you want us to review next week. Next week from Boom Studios, you may decide that you want us to review Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 29, Magic the Gathering number 6, The Many De mm -hmm. Deaths of Layla Starr uh, number 5, and We Only Find Them When They're Dead number 8. Dark Horse Comics next week has Black Hammer Reborn number 3, Gru Meets Tarzan number 2 of 4. We also have uh, Parasomnia number 3 and Worst Dudes. Number four, that is the penultimate <laughs> issue there. That's have you read that worst dudes? dudes have you have you read that worst dudes thing? I have not. Okay. Is it good? I don't know. Uh, I thought somebody reviewed it on the site. Um, it, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, it's probably something that I would look at and probably pass over. Um, Dynamite Entertainment next week has Red Sonia number one, Red Sonia Black, White, and Red number two, Sonia Versal number seven. And just in case you think that Dynamite is just about Red Sonja, they also have Vampirilla number 23 and Vengeance of Vampirilla number 21 coming out next week. IDW Publishing has Transformers number 34 and Transformers King Grimlock number 2. Also, Star Wars High Republic Adventures number 8, if that is what you are into. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we're going to go ahead and continue on down the list to Image Comics. Commanders in Crisis. That's the one that I always, uh, that's the one that you're reviewing, right? And yes. I'm always getting the other one, uh, those two confused crossover, because the names, yeah. yeah, the crossover because Commanders in Crisis feels like a big crossover event. And then you have another book called Crossover. And so it's very easy to get confused. Also, uh, Geiger number six arrives next week. Sweet Paprika number one and two arrives next week. Number one is a reprint. Number two is the new issue. And then uh, Savage Dragon 260 and then the Walking Dead Deluxe number 22 for those of you that absolutely need to see your zombies in full color. Marvel Comics. Oh, my gosh. Uh, next week, Avengers number 48, Dark Ages number one, Demon Days Cursed Web number one. Let's see if there's any um, uh, One More Day or uh, uh, Spider-Man No More reprints coming out. Next week. No, it doesn't look like it. Hmm, I wonder why. Heroes Reborn, America's Mightiest Heroes Companion, Trade Paperbacks Volumes 1 and 2, uh, The Sinister War, number 4, the final issue of that, Star Wars High Republic, number 9, Web of Spider-Man, number 4 of 5, and then What If, Original Marvel Series Omnibus Hardcover, Volume 1, for $100. Worth it. I, $100, though. I wonder if that's everything, because wasn't that like yeah, that's, 24 uh, that's all 48 issues? issues? 48 issues, okay. Yeah. Uh, so $100 may not be that big of a deal. I just know that those, um, what is it, the Masterwork series that Marvel does? Mm-hmm. Where it's fifty nine ninety nine for six issues. Yeah, they're way overpriced. So that's, those, check those out what you're like getting. Super, super, you know, recolored and reworked and remastered. Yeah, I don't, I don't know those. I, I try to avoid those cause they're just too expensive. That was the problem originally with Legion of superheroes is the only way you could get those classic Legion tales was in those DC versions of the masterworks collections. The and they were like, cover DCs, yeah. yeah, it was like six issues for 50 bucks. I was like, no, no, thank you. Uh, in all the rest category, we have diary of an eight bit warrior graphic novel, volume two, God mode. Number four, the final issue there. Life is strange. Coming home. Number two, uh, rivers of London, Monday, Monday, number three, uh, Robin hood, 2021 uh, annual swarm. Uh, let's see. We also have Warm. Strange Attractors. It's Alive, number four. Telepaths, number one. And You Promised Me Darkness, number five. Over at DC Comics next week. What do we have coming from DC Comics next week? We have Aquaman's 80th Anniversary Special, number one. We have, uh, let's see, Batman Fear State, number one. Uh, Fear State Alpha, number one. Sorry. Uh, we also have Batman Superman, number one, Harley Quinn, 2021 annual, number one, Harley Quinn. Uh, what is this one called? It's uh, Harley Quinn something something. The Dark Eat Side. Bang, no, the Eat Bang Kill Tour, number one. <laughs> yep, uh, that's that's right. Uh, go check out the cover to that one, ladies and gentlemen. Infinite Frontier, oh. number five. Midnighter gets an annual, number one. Next week, Static, number three. Suicide Squad, King Shark, number three. And then we wrap it up with Wonder Girl number three arriving next week. So what are you waiting for, dear listeners? Head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers, cast your vote, and then we'll be back next week to review that comic. And maybe you will get to hear Matthew say, he had white and This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.